Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions interview podcast. We are smack dab in the middle of our Lions draft review, going one by one for the Lions draft picks from reverse order. And we have worked our way to the Lions second third round pick, first one in the series. Very confusing. Uh, Western Kentucky's defensive tackle, Broderick Martin. We're going to talk him all 30-ish minutes of, of this podcast. By the way, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit, Detroit Lions beat writer. With me, as always, back in the first bite saddle, senior editor uh, at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan is back. Ryan, how are you doing, Matthew? Brian Matthews, Mr. Matthews, as some people call them. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, <laughs> way too formal. Uh, back as always. Um, back as always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm happy to be back. I'm glad, I'm glad uh, Eric could hold down the fort with me. It was a great Great uh, interview you guys had with Manny Weather. So if, if you get a chance to check that out, if you missed that, definitely, definitely go check that out about Colby Sorsdahl. Yeah. And we got a big one this time, too, uh, because I think one of the more maybe lesser known guys that, that was drafted yet was drafted all the way in the third round is Broderick Martin. So to help us get to know Broderick Martin a lot better, we have the staff writer from the Western Kentucky Rivals website. Drew Tennis is with us. Drew, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, let's let's jump right into it, because this is a guy that I'm just like, I'm trying to consume everything I can about this guy, because he could play a pretty significant role for the Lions, not only this year, but obviously in, in the future as well. So um, obviously he started at, at North Alabama. So when he made the move to to Western Kentucky a couple of years ago, what was the feeling on campus? Was this something that that was like just a blip on the radar? Was this a, a considered a, a significant get or was it just like a let's search and find what we know about this guy? Um, well, I definitely think that looking at his uh, playing time at in Northern Alabama was a big kind of game changer, especially, you know, just looking defensively at what Western Kentucky was able to accomplish in the last two seasons. Um, I think he definitely was a big difference maker in that system. Um, I think that, you know, definitely looking at his stats at Northern Alabama and looking at, you know, the amount of time he was on the field that definitely uh, added to what, what, what the Hilltoppers were building. So, so what kind of were the expectations as soon as he got on campus, Drew, like you, you, you know, took a look at what he did at North Alabama. How did you think he was going to fit in Western Kentucky and, and what did you kind of see his role being? Uh, well, I definitely think that, you know, seeing as the, the defensive line being held together, I think that's kind of what looking at his size and then of course his physicality, I think that being having someone to hold down, uh, hold the defensive line together on the field was definitely the expectations for him. And so you look at the way his kind of um, his role changed, you know, two years in, in Western Kentucky he was, he's maybe a little bit more of a role player in year one. I think it only had one start and then became a full fledged starter in, in year two was there a noticeable growth uh, other than just you know obviously playing time was there something 
that that like maybe a a switch that flipped or or something noticeable that you saw from year one at Western Kentucky to year two? Um, yeah, well, I, you know, definitely just looking at the coaching change. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, year year one, you know, different, uh, you know, different person running the defense. Um, I think that in year two, you know, he definitely already had picked up a lot, some experience in, in you know, his first season with us. And then um, kind of going into season two, uh, I think that he worked really well with the system um, that was being uh, being used by the Hilltoppers. I think it allowed for him to be really physical at the line and then definitely uh, cause a lot of explosiveness. And I think that's kind of what worked really well for him was, you know, just the way he executed on the field in year two compared to year one. Can you kind of go into the differences in, in that schematic? You know, what, what was he dealing with in year one? What what was the scheme like in year two? I think in year two, you definitely saw a lot of guys, you know, being more explosive on the field. You know, the team led in interceptions. Um, so, you know, definitely uh, his physicality, uh, you know, his strength. I think that he definitely created a, a lot of problems for the offensive line and the way that he could just easily create pressure. Uh, so I, I felt like in that regard, he showed a lot more physicality in the second year and in this newer system than in the first year. Well, in addition to that, Drew, can, can you talk a little bit about what his workload was like? Because you see a guy who's as big as Broderick Martin, you know, 330 pounds. He's he's man in the middle of that defense. What was his workload like and did it change from from year one to year two? I definitely think it changed from year one to year two. Um, just because I think that, you know, he, he was stepping into a much bigger role than in year one. Um, I think that, you know, just looking at a lot of the guys that he was, you know, matched up against, you know, at the offensive line, I think that it took it took a lot more to kind of overpower him because of his over, you know, you know, his over 330 pounds. You know, I think that his overall strength made it very easy. He kind of, again, kind of held everything together for the Hilltoppers. And um, I think that his ability to, again, pressure the quarterback. Um, I think that's also kind of what made him so good in, in year two compared to year one. And then, you know, tackling, of course, I think that, you know, he had a couple of sacks and then making significant stops. I felt like a lot of that fell on to him and then some of the older guys on the team. Um, and I think that they did a really good job of that. Um, especially if you, you know, looking at games like against Hawaii, um, even games against Indiana, where, you know, it was very close. I felt like he stepped into a role and going up against guys, you know, at a, maybe a bigger caliber, you know, Big Ten. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of there was there, I felt like there was a lot of success on his part and a lot of the, the other guys and holding things together. You've mentioned a couple of times that that year two jump in terms of pass rush. Um, what what do you think about his game? changed is it i guess how does he win in that pass rush you mentioned explosiveness a little bit is it also hand usage is it is it more just being that kind of schematic fit in year two how do how do you see that grow that part of his game grow in college i think the more of a schematic fit mm-hmm. i think that you know again just looking at how, what the hilltopper i think that the second year um you know just looking at how he fit in as a team i think he worked well with the team Everybody had a role. They they went on the field. They executed that role. I think that um, he can definitely, you know, again the, with the explosiveness, make plays. Yeah. But I also think that again, he his he he's very good at holding things together and keeping things kind of organized on the line. Can you talk a little bit about because of that size, Drew? And, and you talk about you know holding things together. 
was he just like physically dominating opponents um, in, in the conference that he played in? And, and you, you talked about it a little bit. Like, how did you see his game kind of grow when he was playing, you know, schools that were much bigger than his? Um, well, I definitely, uh, you know, you could definitely see there was some, you know, advantages in Conference USA with some of the guys he was matched up against. But I think that, you know, ultimately his his size compared to even a lot of the other guys from these bigger conference, it's it's his over his size makes and his his strength. Um, I think that makes him that's what makes him so good matched up against anybody is his his overall strength. Um, I think even against some of these these uh, tougher schools in conference USA, you know, he had he had some really great, great times on the defense, really great plays. Um, I think that it's really hard for even one, maybe even two. Uh, two players on the offensive line to hold him back because of you know again because of his overall strength. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Ryan, because you know talking about talking with Duke last week, he was talking about when on the offensive side of the ball, if you're playing kind of in a smaller conference, smaller school, the expectation is to dominate down to down. Like you have to be able to do that if you're going to project into the NFL. Kind of sounds like is it fair to say that 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 Broderick Martin kind of had that down to down physical dominance at least. Uh, against maybe you know a lower level a relatively lower level of competition oh uh, yeah for sure i think that you know yeah like there was there was a lot of advantages there's a lot of advantages to again his size and his strength but you know also you know he, he came out in a lot of scenarios with a lot of speed mm-hmm. and i think that also helps him. Let, let's talk a little bit about the the, the weaknesses because obviously you know a lot of outside of, I think being a small school prospect, there was, there was an expectation for him to maybe be a, a later on pick from, from media heads. Um, what, what is something that you think he's going to really have to work on a lot at the next level, or maybe something that he has a disadvantage of other than obviously a, a large skill jump in the NFL? Um, well, you know, definitely look at the scouting reports. Uh, they were saying some footwork was a uh, key for him kind of going forward. Uh, you know, when he's, when he's, you know, matching up and, try, and trying to, you know, hold people back. He needs to keep moving his feet. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, as I, as I said earlier, you know, speed's always something, you know, defensive, defensive linemen can be, you know, working on and getting better at. And I, so I think that, you know, footwork and speed would definitely be the two, I would say. All right. So oh, yeah, you got go one, ahead, Jeremy. Why don't you fit one more in and then we'll take a break. Yeah, sure. I, I was just going to ask Drew, um, you know, you, you look at his entire body of work there in two years at Western Kentucky. Do you feel like he, he, met expectations he exceeded them um maybe maybe he was a big get for them um because i you know he, he did come in with that class with bailey zappy and um some, some other big names so there were some expectations do you feel like he he fulfilled those expectations when he was at western kentucky oh yes um i think that you know just look again i think he's a great really coachable player um especially looking at both those systems that he was working with on the field you know two different defensive coordinators I think that, you know, looking at what he was able to accomplish and kind of the way he evolved and kind of became even more, I, I would say he even became more more strong on the field in year two and more physical on the field. And, you know, de- that definitely made a big difference. So, yeah, for, for sure. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to learn more, uh, a little bit more about Broderick Martin, the person off the field, and talk about his projection to the NFL and and what the Lions might have and, and maybe how quickly he can get on the field and make an impact. But we will be right back here on First Bite talking Broderick Martin. We'll be right back.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. And we are back here on First Bite talking Broderick Martin with uh, Drew Tennis. Uh, I'm sorry, Drew Tennis from uh, the, the staff writer for Western Kentucky Rivals website. Uh, I, I want to talk about a little bit about Broderick Martin as as a person because we've we've gotten a little bit of glimpse into his personality so far. He told a, a very entertaining story about draft night where he wasn't expecting to get drafted. He was upstairs eating dinner, preparing for a Saturday draft party. Gets drafted on Friday night. Um, what are what have your interactions been like with him um, in terms of maybe? I don't know if you've personally interviewed him or, or seen you know clips of him. What do you know about him as a person? Um, maybe in just his interactions with the media. Uh, yeah, so I, I talked to him after the spring game two years ago, and mm-hmm. then I talked to him uh, at the most recent pro day. Um, I, I definitely like his transparency. I think he's really transparent, especially with media, and you know that's that's pretty important. Yeah. Um, I think that you know, especially when it comes to helping with a lot of the transfers. Uh, that would come into the team. I think that he he was more of like a leadership type of type of person. He kind of helped them make that transition and kind of get more involved on the defense. Um, I you know I think that even you know his relationship with uh, the newest defensive coordinator. You know the new t- defensive coordinator was telling me you know he came down even before pro day about a week earlier. He was getting a you know workout in on the field. Um, so I, I think that he's he's definitely attached to the program. Um, he knows a lot of the people. You know, a lot of the people that are still currently on the team, you know, he, he's had experience on the field with. Um, so I, I would definitely say that, you know, he, he he kind of stepped into more of a leadership role kind of into year two. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's a I think that, you know, the transparency and then, you know, the over, overall leadership. Yeah. I mean, transparency has to be something that Dan Campbell covets. Right, Jeremy? And he's <laughs> yeah. maybe the most transparent coach in the NFL. So, <laughs> right. Um, Drew, I, I want you to talk a little bit more if you, if you can about that, that year two jump in terms of leadership, because this is a guy who his college football career started in 2017. You know, he spends four years at North Alabama and then he makes that transition to Western Kentucky. You know, it, it's a different school. It's, uh, you know, it's all new teammates. It's all new coaches, you know, twice over at Western Kentucky. So like talk about that transition of him being a leader from, you know, being a guy who had been around the block at North Alabama and then what that looked like at Western Kentucky and maybe how that, how how that grew over his uh, two year stint there. Yeah, definitely looking at, uh, I would say year one of the season of his, of his time at Western Kentucky, you know, looking at the progression of the team, um, you know, looking at kind of how that defense evolved that year, you know, at first they were, you know, things were a little rocky and then they kind of got some things figured out kind of, you know, halfway through the season. And that definitely, you know, that being able to kind of fix everything and kind of find something that works, that definitely carried over into year two. Um, I would say that, you know, him coming from Northern Alabama, I think that, you know, his overall experience and all of that, that definitely played a, played a role in who he was on and off the field. Um, I think that he was, you know, confident in his ability to, you know, get things done with the experience he has. And I think that, 
you know, going into year two that, you know, definitely showed that he had a lot of experience and it was, it, it definitely, um, he was just playing much better. Um, I think that, I think that you could definitely tell he had learned a lot from the coaches and kind of had learned from, you know, even previous players from the year before um, what he needs to do on the field. Yeah. That's he's played a lot of football in his career and to kind of go through all those changes is, is a lot of, hardship i imagine so it takes a lot of adjustment on the fly and um the fact that he was able to kind of come out on the other end of it as a captain has to be considered pretty promising development um i want to talk a little bit about draft night for you uh because like i said uh this that pick caught a lot of people by surprise so when you were kind of waiting to see if if i mean maybe you, you weren't even sure if his name was going to get called at all that weekend how how surprised were you when you heard that he went in the third round you know, I definitely, I, I would say I'm not, I wasn't super surprised, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because, I mean, you look at a lot of, you know, we had a guy, D'Angelo Malone, even the year before who got drafted, um, looking at Western Kentucky's defense and what they've been doing with defense for really the past couple of years, they have a, they have something good going. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I definitely feel like the guys who were, you know, had their names in, in consideration for the draft, you know, each of them had kind of earned their spot, so to speak. So I, I definitely would say that it wasn't super surprising for me. Uh, you know, you talked a little bit about uh, the, the game that he had against Hawaii, the game that he had against Indiana. Um, are there some memorable plays or maybe like, hey, if there's one game that you can go check out from Roderick Martin from start to finish, this is the game that, you know, kind of led to you not being so surprised that he was taken in the third round. Um, yeah, so definitely just looking at a lot of the even again, some of the tougher games, uh, I would suggest people watch like the games against UTSA. Mm-hmm. Um, the game against UTSA, those were, that was a really good game. Uh, you, you can definitely tell in a game in that game because of how, you know, evenly matched both teams were, how, you know, the kind of challenge he had to overcome on the field. Um, I think that's also really important because, you know, there's tons of games where, you know, you'll see him, you know, he's dealing with different levels of players and different and, you know, different types of offensive line linemen. And, it, you know, it you can definitely tell um, kind of how he's performing. The, the the one of, one of the more interesting things about me is uh, about for me about uh, Martin is you know the Lions really like to have their guy their defensive lineman to be very versatile right use a lot of move a lot move around a lot um, but you look at Project Martin and, and you see a three hundred thirty pound guy and you're like nose tackle that's a nose tackle um, mm-hmm. did you did did Western Kentucky use him in any other way do you think he has a little bit more. If he if he has maybe that acceleration, is there a chance you can maybe move him out to the three tech or move him around a little bit? Or do you kind of project this guy's basically basically either going to be the, the zero or the one in the NFL? I think that, you know, definitely like looking at I think his phys, you know, w- with his physicality and with his size, I think that that would he he's definitely, you know, better where, you know, where he was where he was at with Western Kentucky. I think that that was a good place for him. I feel like he really stepped into the role well. And I think that, you know, if he can, you know, with the footwork, uh, speed, all that, yeah, I definitely think that he could, you know, play different, several different areas. But I think that, you know, just looking at what how he did with Western last year, yeah. I think that, you know, the nose tackle position, um, I think that, yeah, he, he he definitely has the versatility to be at multiple different places. But, but yeah, like that, it, you, you mentioned it's kind of like, it's the scheme fit. Like he, he, he did his best work at the nose, it sounds like. Yes. Uh, if you can, Drew, maybe 
you know, I, I know you don't have any idea probably like what the Lions interior defensive line looks like or maybe their trajectory or anything like that. But could you maybe give us a, an understanding of how steep of a learning curve Broderick might have going to the next level? Um, see that that I, I, I couldn't say for sure, but I would definitely say with the experience that he has. And again, he's you know, the fact that he's very coachable. I think that he could definitely, you know, transition into what the, what the Lions have very well. I think that he's good at understanding his role and, you know, just kind of executing on the field, you know, as a team. So I, I think that the Lions are definitely going to – I think he's a valuable addition, really, to the, to the defensive line. Do, do you think, I guess, at the next level, like, he'll – I guess, what, what do you think translates better right off the bat in his game? Is, is it his run defense, or do you think some of that explosiveness in the pass rush could, could flash early? I think some of the explosiveness in the pass rush could, could, could flash hmm. uh, early for sure. I think that he's good at kind of finding – you know, weaknesses in the offensive line. I think that, again, that strength is going to, you know, definitely help the Lions in the long run. That's that, I find that really interesting, right? Because I think when you, again, when you hear nose tackle, you think run clogger, you think a guy who's going to kind of multiply, multi, uh, occupy multiple blocks uh, and things like that, free up some other guys. But if he brings a little, brings a little Lee McNeil, a little dancing bear to the Lions defensive front, the Lions have been, Lions fans have been desperate for, for a little, little push in the in the middle of the line maybe maybe that's something that that he could provide you know early ryan yeah i mean the lions love isaiah bugs right and sure. they love him because of his ability to get after the you know the passer so yeah. you know it, it seems like a natural fit i i think again this was probably the pick that maybe shocked me the most just because i had no idea who broderick martin was <laughs> right um on especially you know on friday it, it was like oh Quick, let me consult Dane Brugler's beast. <laughs> oh, projected seventh round pick. Okay. <laughs> um, well, well, Drew, uh, appreciate all the insight. Before before we let you go, uh, I want to kind of give you the floor here uh, to, to promote um, what, whatever, you know, all, all the content that you do. If, if maybe there's a Broderick Martin piece somewhere uh, there in, in at Rivals, maybe the lines can can unfurl that and, and read that. But uh, the floor is yours. Uh, let's Let's hear what you have. Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot I do a lot of uh, stuff on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew underscore tennis. It's D-R-E-W underscore T-O-E-N-N-I-E-S. And I work at WKU Rivals. So, yes, there are there is uh, I did a pro day story where I talked to a lot of the, the guys who had their names in contention for the draft. So I, I actually have Broderick Martin, Broderick Martin on the front of that. He's his 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 picture is on the front of the story, so I talked to him and then a bunch of other guys. So uh, definitely, people can definitely find that on WKU Rivals. Um, I do a lot of other football stories as well, uh, covering the the team here at Western. So uh, there's tons of content on there for everybody. Cool, uh, Drew. Really, really appreciate uh, your time, your insight, uh, and and you know if if. if uh, if Roger Martin ends up being a, uh, an, an all pro, a pro bowler, uh, we'll, we'll know who kind of led us, uh, in that direction first. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, thanks you all for, uh, for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. Talk, a big one, Ryan Hendon hooker talking some Hendon hooker with a, with a Tennessee writer and or coach or whatever. We haven't, we haven't booked a guest yet, but, uh, but I'm excited about that one because I think there's a lot of. There's a lot of range in terms of what people's expectation are for him is for him. We we must play the theme song for the guest. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs>
anyways, uh, that'll do it uh, for this show. Uh, make sure, as always, to follow us on all the podcast platforms. If you want to watch these interviews live, you can always go to twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, or you can just look for the post on YouTube, on prideofdetroit.com, all that sort of stuff. But until next time, my name's Jeremy Reisman for Ryan, for Drew. Thank you all for listening. It's chaos. Be kind. <laughs>